Welcome to the War of the Worlds week from NeoZaz.com. I am Matt, and this is another installment in our annual event for the year 2021, and I have a very special show to present today. In this episode, we will be taking a listen to a show that certainly seems to be inspired by the 1938 War of the Worlds broadcast. It's a music show that starts the night off like any other broadcast, but soon news reports break in interrupting the show about an escalating crisis in the city of Peoria, Illinois. I'm sure this sounds pretty familiar so far. What's different about this one is that it's not an invading alien vanguard bent on taking over the planet. It's the undead taking over the city. This is about zombies. Possibly one of my favorite subjects outside of aliens when it comes to science fiction. This is The Peoria Plague, a radio drama produced and broadcast by WUHN Radio in Peoria, Illinois in 1972. For me, this ranks right up there with the War of the Worlds and the last broadcast that I shared last year. It's phenomenal. The story is great. The pacing is even better. And frighteningly, for 2020 and 2021, the cause hits almost too close for home. The underlying cause for this transformation starts out as a respiratory infection. How is that for timing for this year's event? There's not much more I want to say about this. I'm ready to get into it. I do have a technical note, though. This radio drama nearly got lost to history, but luckily hasn't due to the fans of the original airing sharing copies of the broadcast over and over. By the time these recordings hit the digital age, the copy of a copy of a copy degradation had already made its mark. It's perfectly listenable. Nothing is lost from the story or from the broadcast. Everything is clear. You can hear everything that's going on. It just might sound older than it really is. That's what it really comes down to. But that's it. So let's get into this. This is a really fantastic piece. Here we go with the Peoria Plague. The following is a Radio 1 dramatization. The time is 9 p.m. Now the late news from the WUHN newsroom. The Advisory Council for Radio Bradley, the Bradley University FM station, has been recommending that President Martin Abegg... uh, reactivate the station, move it to a new location, and find operating funds for the second semester. Two more endorsements for the upcoming 1972 state elections. The Lake County Central Democratic Committee has endorsed Governor uh, Paul Simon, Lieutenant Governor, for the Democratic gubernatorial nomination. And the committee also picked State Representative Daniel Pierce of Highland Park for the Lieutenant Governor's berth on that ticket. Parochiate is finally law, as you know but it has yet to meet the final test of legality. Governor Ogilvie signed the parochiate bill into law on Thursday. There will be a court test. Mr. Ogilvie, in signing the bill, said it would provide relief to taxpayers, who he said are forced to bear the full burden of educating youngsters forced into public schools by the closing of private and parochial schools. Actually, the ink was hardly dry on the bill before Lawrence Klinger of Chicago filed suit to get State Auditor Michael Howlett to start issuing parochiate checks. Mr. Howlett is a supporter of parochiate, but is holding up the funds in order to force a court test of the constitutionality of the new parochiate program. Governor Ogilvie also says he plans to trim $76 million from the state's welfare budget, which will go into effect next uh, Monday, because no one has come up with a better alternative. Thomas M. Murphy, the founder and president of the Independent Postal System, which was uh, put into effect this past week in the Peoria area, has announced that the firm will issue its first postage stamp on the 15th of November. That's to be used on second, third, and fourth class mail. 
These stamps range in price from one cent to fifty cents. Uh, Five-cent holiday stamps will be issued for use on Christmas cards, but those cards probably will not be uh, delivered by the independent postal system this year because they just don't have the equipment at present time here in the Peoria area. However, the company does plan to provide that service of delivering Christmas cards next Christmas. Uh, this, uh, this story just handed me a wide portion of the northern part of the city has been struck by a complete power blackout Power company officials say they have been unable to trace the source of the failure, but crews are working to rectify the difficulty. Uh, thank you. In uh, what seems to be a related development, some 20 persons have been admitted to doctors' hospitals suffering from what doctors say is apparently a respiratory disorder of, of uh, undetermined origin. All those admitted are Northside residents. We'll keep you informed, of course, from the WUHN newsroom on this uh, power blackout in the northern portion of the city. Whatever news we have, we'll pass along to you very quickly. We now return to Kaleidoscope. of the city uh, are coming in now, and we're going to turn to newsman Robert Johns for this report from Doctor's Hospital. Doctor's Hospital is within the area affected by the widespread power blackout in Peoria tonight. Power is being supplied by an emergency generating system. Hospital officials here declined to comment at this time on the nature of the disorder affecting at least 20 persons admitted for treatment within the past hour. Speaking off the record, one doctor told me that all of those admitted were unconscious and had encountered difficulty in breathing. There is speculation that the infection may be bacterial in origin or possibly the result of food poisoning. A driver for the Pace Ambulance Company told me that he had responded to emergency calls from several households and one restaurant within the power blackout area. 
At this time, there is little... It's difficult at this time to say exactly what's going to be... Robert Johns, with the latest report we have on the uh, blackout north of the city, and in the northern portion of the city, too... A spokesman for the Peoria Electric Company says nearly all of the city is now without any electric service whatsoever. Uh, Milton Kramer says transformers at a power substation near the waterworks shorted out in a violent, fiery explosion about 40 minutes ago. City police report power lines fell on two automobiles in the 100 block of War Memorial Drive, and at least two persons were reportedly uh, electrocuted. Motorists are urged to avoid War Memorial Drive in the area there at the uh, foot of McCluggage Bridge. That's the latest we have on the situation. We'll keep you informed, of course. Stay tuned to this station. Uh, we return to music now on Kaleidoscope. Have yet to be removed from the scene. 
An eyewitness told me she heard a loud humming sound and saw a bright bluish-green light streak across the sky just an instant before the substation here apparently exploded and the power lines adjacent to it fell onto the roadway. Many of those lining the street appear to be dazed and several people told me they found it difficult to breathe. Thank you, Warren. Peoria's two other major hospitals report that an increasing number of persons have been admitted for observation suffering from the effects of an unknown respiratory disorder. Hospital officials, uh, we were in contact with them just, just a moment ago, uh, say they are unable to cope with this situation. It has reached emergency proportions. The county coroner's office reports that the bodies of several youngsters clad in Halloween costumes have been discovered in, in uh, residential areas around the city. Um, the coroner says there were uh, no indications of violence or foul play. Power Company uh, spokesman Milton Kramer says that all generators at the generating station on the river have ceased to function and that the blackout now covers the entire city. Kramer says personnel at the plant say they heard a loud humming sound as the buildings began to vibrate. I should repeat that, that there is uh, apparently no uh, power in the city. Uh, police say they're receiving a lot of calls uh, about a bright, some sort of a bright light, uh, blue or green, uh, they're not quite sure, uh, moving slowly to the northwest in the city uh, over Peoria. Now, that's all we have at the moment. There is a power blackout. Uh, we caution everyone to uh, remain calm and, uh, you know, use the most caution you possibly can. And we'll get back to you with further developments from the WHN newsroom. And in the meantime, uh, we'll go back to Kaleidoscope. <laughs> we possibly can. Uh, authorities in the control tower at the airport say they've been forced to close uh, the airport to air traffic because of the disruption in communications caused by this uh, this massive power failure. Uh, we have another report now. We have another report now uh, from newsman Robert John at the doctor's hospital. Uh, since my last report from this location, I secluded myself within the administrative offices on the third floor. I'm now behind a plate of glass and trying to make sense of what I'm about to report to you. 
According to Inzane's, I've talked with in the past few minutes, several of those persons admitted to the hospital tonight have savagely attacked two doctors and several other emergency room personnel. In an attempt to control the enraged patients, hospital staff members have completely closed off all corridors leading to and from the area, which is now concentrated with people no longer down with the disease, but rampaging through the halls of this medical institution. According to a hospital spokesman, the area that I'm reporting from is completely secure. There's no remote chance of an invasion by the, the animals who have commandeered the upper floors of the building. They've apparently lost all control of their bodily functions, and, and they've resorted to the simplest methods of protecting themselves from things they, they no longer seem to understand. One patient appeared to be dying from suffocation. He was immediately scheduled for a tracheotomy, and the doctor was at the point of incision when the man, who supposedly was under sedation, came alive with the, the power and the fury of an enraged, an enraged ape. He wrenched the doctor's scalpel from the surgeon's hand and sliced his throat from front to rear. Other personnel in the room fled through doors and into the awaiting horde of the living dead. I... I find it hard to keep my, my thoughts organized. That's what I'm trying to do. I, I just can't believe such a horrid thing could happen in the same building. All flights above this level have been completely barricaded and reinforced with tables, cabinets, chairs, machines. All equipment that is movable has been removed and set up in an effort to stop any living thing that might possibly break through the primary barrier. People are rushing about in a frenzied determination to stop whatever might be on the other side of that wall. There's, there's absolute bedlam here now. They've smashed the plate glass and... Oh, I, I've never seen anything like it. They, they, they don't even look human. Oh, my... Well, uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, we, uh, we seem to run into some sort of difficulty uh, in that uh, remote connection with uh, newsman Robert Johns at Doctor's Hospital. Uh, while um, our engineer tries to reestablish contact which you will do just as quickly as possible. Uh, we have this report uh, from uh, another reporter in town uh, that the mayor has left his home to go to his office in City Hall. Um, Nim Lorgan. Nim Lorgan files this live report. We've checked the mayor's issue statement momentarily regarding the now well-known state of emergency. I've received reports that the mayor has been in contact with the governor, but no one seems to know what's going on, absolutely. But it's been rumored that the mayor will declare an official state of emergency within the hour. It's also rumored that he will ask for assistance from the National Guard. But until his speech is made available to the news media, all of this remains highly speculative. The mayor has just come down the marble staircase here at City Hall from his fifth floor office. He's now approaching reporters. Along with the mayor are several other aldermen and other city officials. The mayor reportedly intends to confer with other government officials before making a statement. Thank you, ma'am. Um... While, um, while we were waiting for uh, the mayor's statement, um, he'll be along in a moment, I understand. Uh, let's take this report now from uh, Radnor Clinic. Uh, Carl LaFong reports. I have Dr. Dietrich with me. Uh, doctor, has any progress been made in finding a cure? Well, we've succeeded in isolating the bacteria, and since that time we've been trying to find something to destroy or even arrest the bacterial processes. But unfortunately, we have been unable to even stop its meiosis or reproductive process. It seems that these organisms, after destroying the branch cells, lodge themselves in the bone marrow where each cell divides. This process continues quite rapidly, and each cell can reproduce and equal in approximately 90 seconds. Of course, the body manufactures red blood cells in the bone marrow. Since the bacteria destroys the marrow, the body cannot produce 
He's oxygen carrying himself. Now, without the cells uh, carry oxygen to, to the body, unconsciousness results shortly after infection, and with it, the brain damage follows. Uh, then, doctor, oxygen tends to not affect you. No, no, the oxygen can get into the lungs, but it's ex exhaled because there uh, are no red blood cells to pass the oxygen along. We haven't been able to explain this thing. We're back at City Hall for the long-awaited statement from the mayor. Ladies and gentlemen, now getting the highest Uh, citizens of uh, the area, ladies and gentlemen of the press, has uh, been in conference with city officials and the governor's office. I won't try to cover things up or give false hopes. We're confronted with a situation totally beyond our immediate control. However, officials at uh, Doctors Hospital have assured me that everything possible is being done to find a cure for the, uh, the disease that is sweeping our city. I must emphasize that uh, panic will only make things worse. I'm therefore enacting uh, martial law throughout the city, and I'm ordering everyone to remain uh, behind locked doors in their homes. The uh, police commissioner has given his, uh, his men the orders to uh, shoot to kill. This is, of course, necessary to ensure control. Now, if you're not at home, you must either go home or uh, locate your nearest civil defense shelter. We're doing everything uh, possible to uh, combat this dilemma. Please stay at home, etc., etc., etc. What response have you had from the governor's office, sir? Well, it seems as though our uh, governor thought it more important to spend the weekend fishing in Wisconsin rather than sitting in his dingy office down in uh, Springfield con controlling the official business of the state of Illinois. And that was the mayor's report on this, um, what has now grown to an emergency situation. Uh, we, um, we're here in the WUHN newsroom. Uh, we have an unconfirmed report of a light plane flying in the VFR mode. Uh, that's, um, that is to say the pilot was flying into the Peoria airport pattern by eyesight only uh, because uh, the radio communications at the uh, tower are completely without power. And it seems as though the pilot tried to radio the tower uh, to report a shortage of fuel. Um, um, because the uh, tower is without electrical power, they're unable to receive the pilot's uh, um, plea for some help. Uh, the pilot attempted a landing by eyesight, I'm told, and apparently mistook Harmon Highway for the landing strip. The uh, plane was reportedly a multiple engine craft, uh, three persons on board. Uh, we do not know who they are or were. Uh, the only plane in the area, according to the aviation officials, was a dual-engine uh, craft, uh, chartered. Uh, to uh, sum up, the uh, entire city of Peoria is without power at this time. The mayor has uh, now declared the city under martial law and instructed residents to seek a place of safety, either in, in their own homes or one of the civil defense shelters. Uh, we've been unable to reestablish contact with newsman Warren LaSalle. Um, we were speaking with him just a short while ago. Uh, he reported on the explosion of a power substation near the McCluggage Bridge. Uh, newsman LaSalle filed this tape-recorded report from the scene about 20 minutes ago. Is that ready? All right, let's hear it. Hey, Fred, are you rolling on this? Uh, yeah, Warren, uh, go ahead. Look, Fred, it's getting pretty tense here. I don't think I'm going to have time to file another report, but before I'll have to get out of here... But I wanted to make sure that somebody knows what's happening. I don't understand what happened to the people who are milling around here when we found the burned bodies in the cars. It's like, it's like when they all went crazy at the same time. I first noticed people falling to the ground and gasping for breath. It looked like some of them died. I 
Lopes, but it was an old guy, maybe 60 or 65, that just killed across the hood like he was dead. I was going to move him, see if there was anything I could do to help him, but he looked dead, so I left him alone. I tried to open the glove compartment to get my cigarettes out, but it was locked. I remember I left the keys in my raincoat, hanging over the fence down near the bridge. And I turned around to get out of the car. The old guy who had been lying across the hood was standing on his feet, breathing heavily. First I thought maybe he was going to get sick or something, and I noticed his skin. It wasn't a flesh tone anymore, but looked almost gray. What would really scare the hell out of me was his eyes. They were all red. I don't mean bloodshot. I mean roaring fire engine red. Without any provocation or warning, he lunged at me, grabbed my throat. He was at least twice as strong as you'd expect anyone that old to be. And his hands around my throat were like a steel vice. Pulled my head toward his mouth and sunk his teeth into the flesh just above the right eyebrow. I want to tell you, he bit hard. So hard blood started running down my face immediately. I couldn't breathe at all and knew I was going fast. I had to do something to be so strong, Fred. You know, I, I couldn't move. Tried then to yank me away from the car and finish the job, I guess, but I must have lost his balance just a little. Car doors were still open. I felt him slip back my way. I reached up under his armpits, pulled him back toward the car, all the strength I could muster. As I pulled away, I bite on my head, didn't loosen a bit, and I think he must have ripped a pretty big hunk of meat off. Fell into the car seat. When he came at me again, I reached outside, grabbed the door handle, slammed it on his head as hard as I could. Edge of the door caught to the side of his face and wedged it against the door jam. He didn't make a sound, but collapsed on the pavement when I opened the door. And Fred, the really odd thing was when I looked at his face, despite how really ripped up it was, there wasn't any blood. No blood at all. I knew I had to get away from this area, so I ran back down toward the bridge, find my coat, so I could find the keys and get out of here. Those people, most of them that had been lying, looking like they were dead in the street and gotten up and were standing in a close-knit group, about 50 or 75. Looked like a pack of mad dogs, and I was afraid they might attack me at any moment. Didn't want to try to get out of here on foot, so I knew I had to have those car keys from the coat. I ran around the outside of the mob, and they didn't seem to be paying much attention to me. So many other people in the street, my raincoat was still in the fence where I left it, so I grabbed the keys out of the pocket and started running back up the hill where the car was. Don't know where they came from, but four or five little kids, some of them wearing Halloween costumes, running in the same direction with me. They were scared, and they were screaming about being chased by a couple of these red-eyed creatures. I wanted to stop and see if I could help the kids, but I know I had to get back here and tell you about this. When I was running toward the car, I saw one of them grab the little girls who had tripped and fallen. What he did to that little child, I don't think I can describe to you. The youngster couldn't have been more than five, maybe six years old. What that cemented creature grabbed her, he looked like a man in his 40s, picked the little kid up and held her in both arms over his head and threw her to the pavement absolutely as hard as he could. Then he started kicking. I, I just can't tell you. I mean, it was so horrible. I'm back in the car now, Fred, and I'm going to leave. Oh, my God. They're all around the car. in the newsroom, uh, that was a, a recorded conversation um, earlier uh, between uh, reporter Warren LaSalle and an engineer here at the studios. I'm sorry that the uh, two-way got in there, but uh, under the circumstances, we just had to rush. Um, it's a two-way radio transmission just suddenly terminated, as you heard it, uh, as, a, as an angry mob attacked the news car. Uh, this is purely speculation, you understand, because we can't be there and just know what's going on. Um, Perhaps uh, the antenna was broken off uh, when the people, as he said, uh, swarmed over the news wagon. Um, as was evident in the tape, uh, Warren wasn't intending for his report to be made public, but we felt that you should hear it uh, in spite of that. 
uh, because of the extenuating circumstances and uh, the condition of the area in general. Uh, we thought it would be better to give, uh, you know, all the information we possibly can. Um, I understand now that we have a remote report coming up uh, from veteran newscaster Gib Phillips uh, from his home in Chillicothe. There's no, no telephone service connecting Fiore and Chillicothe at this time due to the power shortage, so uh, reporter Phillips will file this live report uh, from a neighbor's house uh, using a two-way radio. Uh, all right, uh, Gibbs, you go ahead. Okay, ready, so uh, you can take it now. reporting on the situation in Chillicothe. Uh, you're listening to uh, WUHN Radio, uh, trying to keep uh, contact with this uh, emergency, this power failure that has occurred in the area. Uh, Pekin police report that aside from uh, the power blackout, there's no difficulty in that city either. Uh, apparently it's localized here. Uh, we've just been in contact with Barb Fox at the police department. She reports the finding of another body at uh, Doctor's Hospital. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, set her in now, if you will. Right, here's Barb Fox. Headquarters where officers just finished filing a report on the discovery of a mutilated body in one of the rooms of Doctor's Hospital. The man, reportedly clad only in a crucifix, was found between floors. The upper portion of his body was left on the third floor when the elevator doors closed on him. The elevator descended, the body was dismembered. According to the report, the upper portion of the man's torso was riddled with daggers and glass one half inch thick. The bleeding had completely ceased by the time the body had reached the elevator shaft. In turn, tracing the trail of blood, surmised the man had been dragged from a nearby office where the glass windows had been shattered. The report continues, because the body was without clothing, no identification was possible. Police are baffled by a length of what appears to have been a microphone cable that was clinched in the dead man's fist. This is Bart Fox reporting. Ladies and gentlemen, um... Uh, panic seems to have swept our city. Uh, all of you who are listening, please be calm under the situation. Uh, what reports we have, uh, hundreds of people, uh, maybe even thousands, seem to be running wildly through the streets in a kind of crazed frenzy. Uh, we have uh, here uh, numerous reports of fires, uh, at least 300 deaths, and uh, scattered incidents of looting. Uh, civil defense authorities have issued a statement urging everyone to stay home tonight. Uh, there's a, a team of medical experts from St. Nicholas Hospital was attempting to, uh, to isolate this bacteria which has affected the behavior of, of so many of our citizens. Uh, authorities are baffled by this uh, strange phenomenon, we're told. They have yet uh, been unable to isolate its origin. Uh, several 
prominent physicians uh, have recommended that the consumption of any foods other than uh, uh, cans uh, be ceased immediately. You know, uh, anything that is canned apparently is all right for the moment. Uh, civil defense authorities recommend that if you're going to drink water, be certain that you boil it before you drink it. Uh, before you drink it. Uh, in any event, uh, when police or the fire department must be contacted, the telephone company and the city police have provided mobile uh, communication in van-type trucks are located throughout the city. Uh, perhaps you've seen them. I don't know. Uh, each truck is equipped with a loudspeaker system, uh, which will make you aware of its presence within your area. Uh, in the event of an emergency, do not leave your home until you hear the loudspeaker message in your area. Now, uh, I'm going to repeat it for you, see if you can remember it. Uh, this is Civil Defense Emergency Communications Mobile Unit. Uh, that's the way they'll introduce it. Uh, then they'll, uh, they'll follow uh, a number of some sort or other and the announcement of the intersection which the truck is nearest. Uh, we repeat, uh, under no circumstances uh, should you leave your home, except in the event of fire, of course. Uh, the uh, police superintendent, uh, Andrew Alexander, reminds all police officers that Lee's days off, of course, have been canceled. Uh, if you didn't hear it directly from him, you're hearing it now. Uh, this goes uh, ad infinitum, apparently, until this thing is cleared up, until we find out what it's all about. Uh, every policeman is to report to police headquarters at once. Uh, the superintendent emphasized that the situation uh, remains under control, but Andrews advised that all area residents who own firearms um, keep them loaded, keep them uh, nearby in the event of some sort of uh, someone should try to get into your home. Uh, in a prepared statement, the police chief said, and we're able to quote this, uh, due to the extreme gravity of the situation which confronts us at this hour, I must advise all area residents to take any precaution which they feel necessary to guard against intrusion. Uh, where health or safety is threatened, I advise all firearms owners to shoot the kill without hesitation. Uh, police uh, Superintendent Andy apparently uh, was referring to those individuals who are affected by the plague, which seems to have swept our area uh, when he issued the uh, shoot the kill order. Uh, medical authorities further advise that anyone who thinks he may have uh, contracted this uh, bacterial infection should have another member of the household in which he resides bind him, uh, actually tie him down in such a way that his movement will be completely restricted. A person living alone who feels uh, ill are advised to um, perhaps take a sedative or some such thing if it's available and uh, just go to bed immediately. Uh, you know, lock the door, of course, and the windows and so forth. Uh, civil defense authorities have been granted permission uh, by the mayor and the police superintendent to uh, do whatever is necessary to restrict movement on city streets. Uh, because of the big traffic jam, which is now traffic at the bridge route, uh, going out of the city, uh, state police have had to set up barricades to restrict uh, any sort of vehicular movement uh, from the city. Thank you. Uh, well, late reports indicate that the um, vast majority of those affected by the plague uh, are residents of the city. Uh, therefore, the county sheriff's department is stopping all automobiles. Uh, you're going in or out of the city. And from what we are able to learn here in the WEHN newsroom, uh, in a dire situation such as this one, uh, more people have to be killed either panic and fear than by whatever this, this dreaded thing is. Uh, it has been brought to our attention uh, uh, that the students on the university campus have become uh, completely panicked uh, in the wake of uh, whatever it is, this disaster that's going on. Uh, the mobile radio telephone unit, uh, there is one uh, near the field house parking lot. Um, students are reportedly uh, dying at the hands of fellow students as uh, uh, the mobs attempt to storm this mobile unit in order to, to tell their parents about the, the crisis that we have here. The lives of fellow students, former classmates, uh, and they don't seem to mean anything to, uh, to those students who are possessed with this, this one goal. Uh, the only important thing to students is making the phone calls to their parents or relatives in order to get the transportation out of the city, which of course no one can come in, no one can go out. Um, 
Uh, there have been numerous reports of some very brutal uh, confrontations, beatings. Uh, I, I don't know. What's that? Oh. Okay, go
that all of what must be ceased drinking. Uh, it would seem that we are experiencing some sort of a technical difficulty here. Uh, we'll, we'll have it uh, rectified just as soon as we can and uh, bring you the remainder of uh, Dr. Turin's report. Uh, while Dr. Turns was speaking, I did manage to get into con communication on a two-way radio here with uh, Gib Phillips in Chillicothe. He told me that the situation there remains as it was before, that apparently uh, no one in that community has been affected by the plague, which has spread throughout Peoria. Uh, Phillips says that a number of persons who earlier got out of the Peoria area, uh, apparently victims of the disease, uh, however, um, sufficient manpower was available uh, in Chillicothe to uh, subdue those affected and to maintain some sort of order. The... Uh, uh, police in Chillicothe have since set up roadblocks to prevent others from entering the town from Peoria. And as is the case there, uh, law enforcement officers have been given the uh, shoot-to-kill order, if that's necessary. Um, uh, oh, yes. Now, now, again, we're going to have Dr. Uh, Donald Turan uh, with a report uh, that we interrupted a moment ago. Uh, you'll just go right ahead. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Donald Turhan speaking to you from Lutheran Hospital. A, a team of prominent Peoria physicians, including myself, believe that we have discovered the source of the unusual bacterial infection. Now, I must emphasize that we've been unable to develop a cure to combat this disorder and that we can offer only the following preventative measures. <clears throat> now, first, it is imperative that the consumption of tap water be ceased immediately. This is of capital importance. Because our medical research has determined and assured us that these bacteria are most likely in the in the tapestry area. There is a most important that all what must be. Well, yeah, apparently the uh, the tape the doctor used to record the report uh, that was sent to us uh, it just it just wasn't really good. Um, now um, we're going to attempt to bring you Dr. Turan's report later in this broadcast. Uh, word that has reached me now that reporter Mim Morgan is uh, located in one of our mobile units near Peoria's Courthouse Square, where civil defense authorities have set up uh, an emergency treatment center and uh, a communication facility. So uh, we'll uh, we'll take this report now as Mim Morgan gives it to us right from the scene. Courthouse Square on this chilly October evening, there are literally thousands of people jamming the square. There's a human chain composed of policemen and firemen, special sheriff deputies, and a number of persons who have not yet fallen victim to the plague threatening the city surrounding the perimeter of the square. Children are crying and, and running through the streets in search of parents who have either deserted them or who've been trampled to death by crazed victims of the plague who are roaming the streets in packs, like wolves, ready for the kill. It seems like a bad dream, a nightmare from which I know there's no, no awakening. Old men and women who were apparently overpowered by the infection lie gasping for breath in the streets and in doorways. Those who have not yet suffered from the effects of the strange bacterial infection are, for the most part, panic-stricken and are huddled for warmth in small groups within the small area which has been secured. Only a short time ago, it was like any other weekend night in Peoria. Suddenly, a bluish-green light, light streaked across the sky over the city and... And since that time, there's been chaos and civil disorder of the greater magnitude imaginable. Speculation as to the cause of this night of terror runs rampant through the crowd here. Stories range from blaming a communist conspiracy to destroy population centers to tales of alien invasion from outer space. And who's to say what the truth might actually be? Most sporadic shooting as police fire into bands of the crazed once humans who periodically attack their own kind like savage beasts of the night. 
The injured lie everywhere, and medical teams are spread far too thin to be of any real value. It seems as though no one is immune from this dread disease. There's an unconfirmed report that the mayor, after issuing a statement from City Hall, fell victim to it himself and brutally attacked a reporter as he attempted to leave the building. No one's able to explain why some have been affected by the disease and others not. In many instances, some members of the same family have gone raving mad while others remain apparently normal. Symptoms of the disorder are easily recognized. First, there's dizziness and vomiting. Then extreme difficulty in breathing may be encountered. Secondly, the victim then falls unconscious for a short period of time. It is then that the skin loses its color, becoming almost gray. The eyes turn a deep red, almost glowing with luminescence. When the victim regains consciousness, he's lost complete control of his faculties and attacks anything or anyone near him, resorting to the most carnal and bestial acts imaginable. As I speak to you, I stand beside the body of a small girl, clad in, in what appears to be the blood-soaked remains of a Cinderella Halloween costume. Not ten minutes ago, the body was dragged here from outside the defense perimeter by her hysterical mother, who said the child had been attacked by a group of five or six of the bloodthirsty night creatures who savagely beat and kicked the youngster before tearing her with their bared teeth. I don't know how much longer I can take this spectacle. Has the whole world gone mad? The, the cloud-shrouded starless night sky is crimson in the distance. Smoke lingers like a pall over the city and, and as numerous fires rage out of control away from the heart of the city. Fire units stand ready here to guard against the possible spread of flames into this area. In the sky to the southwest, there lingers a faint bluish-green glow from within the clouds. The light which hovered for a time near the waterworks streaked across the sky to its present location and has remained there for the past 40 minutes with no appreciable movement or any change in its intensity. Police attempted to get near the area where the strange glow remains, but fires raged completely out of control near the site and they have as yet been unable to get close enough to attempt investigation. Near the center of the square, there is...
ladies and gentlemen, I, um, I, I, just, I just don't know what to add to this right now. Uh, you, you heard uh, just exactly what's happening in downtown Peoria. Uh, an eye, eyewitness account, uh, Nim Organ, uh, there at Courthouse Square, this... This is incredible. Um, I don't believe there's any precedent for reporting on an event such as this. All our remote units are silent. I really can't get through anywhere. It appears we will be unable to bring you any further direct reports. Uh, our engineer is working on it, but they say that uh, it's just encountering a lot of difficulty in receiving any signal tonight. Uh, as a matter of fact, you may be having difficulty really in, uh, in receiving us. Uh, Several Peoria stations, we understand, are now off the air. Uh, those with studios in the downtown area have just ceased to broadcast. Apparently, uh, uh, equipment breakdowns, power failures. Of course, we've, we've had this dark situation in the uh, area for a long time. Um, absolute bedlam uh, reigns in, uh, in a Midwestern city where friends have become the bitterest of enemies in the wake of this insane confusion that uh, has been brought on by, I guess, alien invaders uh, from our studios. Now, understand, we're outside the city. It's difficult to assess the situation at this time. Our reporting facilities are broken down. There's no way of knowing. Uh, officials at a downtown hospital have earlier confirmed that a, a badly mutilated body received there about half an hour ago is that of reporter Warren LaSalle. his life when attacked by an angry mob while reporting from near the McCluggage Bridge. A team, of of rather, of, of investigators uh, has discovered a, a lot of capsules. Um, I might add at this point that the uh, capsule sounds resemble those described just a short while ago by Mim Morgan. You, uh, you heard Mim's report. Now, uh, in her, you know, from the courthouse, uh, many of the capsules have, uh, had either badly deteriorated or had broken, and uh, they kind of a milky fluid in them. They were scattered widely all around the area, especially along the riverfront and out near the waterworks. Um, capsules are strewn about in a path resembling the path made by the bright lights, which uh, was reported earlier by one of our reporters. Uh, preliminary medical reports indicate that the substance contained in the capsules is similar to bacteria found in the corpses of these disease victims. Uh, telephone communications have been disrupted throughout the area. And from our studios, we can see uh, that bluish light it is over the city. I, well, I really don't know how, how well you're receiving it. This time, we'll just keep going, you know. Um, the flames uh, over, the, over, over the town, the air is really dense with smoke. And it's all happened so suddenly. Uh, by the time uh, word reaches uh, other major population centers in the state, we may be gone. Uh, none of the wire services have carried news of what's happened here, yet it's almost as if we've been shut off from contact, um, you know, by day from the outside. So, some, something or someone uh, way beyond our comprehension. I can't, I don't know what's happened. I, I really don't. I just want, why did they pick out, why did they pick out our city? And why tonight? Seemingly, um, have we been the only metropolitan area affected by the invasion and the subsequent plague? We don't have any contact news with anyone else. We really don't know. Uh, is Peoria going to be used as a sort of breeding ground for some strange bacteria which drives men mad and later forces them to uh, submission before some alien intelligence? So what, what puzzles me most is why some have been infected immediately by the plague and others, uh, others not at all, at least for the time being. I don't know if anybody can hear me or not. Jack? 
Jack. You give me... I'm a little dry. Would you, would you get me some water? Thank you. Now, of course, we're going to remain on the air, uh, bringing you information about the crisis throughout the night. Uh, we are hopeful that police and civil defense officials will keep us informed, too. I don't know whether... Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's better. Well, what I'm saying is that uh, we're going to stay with it just as long as we possibly can. Uh, there's no one here other than than my engineer and me. Um, they've all, everyone else uh, has left by automobile, uh, trying to get toward Bloomington, I guess, to get some sort of assistance, you see, for, for the folks, and to contact the governor's office in Springfield with the hope that National Guard units could be activated, brought into the area. Um, uh, recapping here... These um, events, uh, was, uh, it's about an hour ago that a bright bluish green light was seen first uh, over the city um, uh, near uh, Jack. Jack, come back in here right away. Yeah, what's the trouble? Uh, where did it... Hey, you look sick. You want me to go get help or something? Where, uh... You, where did you get this water? Is it uh, in the cooler in the hall? No, the bottle's empty. I drank from it from the cooler about 20 minutes ago. So I got yours from the tap in the restroom. I thought it was all right. No. Did you see that? Hey, are you going to be all right? Are I trying to get a policeman or something? Hmm. That's why some people have got the disease and others have it. They dumped that bacteria in the water supply. Crazy. Only those who have uh, <coughs> only those who have uh, had water in the past hour or so. Jack, I've been so busy with tapes back here and the two-way and all. I, I never thought that, that something might be wrong. I oh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's not your fault. But uh, you, you've got to get me out of here right away. Now, or, uh, Jack, you know what happened to the others. Get me out of the building. Lock the doors. No matter what now. And then don't let me back in. But I couldn't do that. You you and I have known each other for five, six, seven years. I couldn't do that. No. I mean, there's so much interference. I doubt anyone here. Anyway, but... Uh... Circumstances beyond our control, we're now forced to leave the air. The program you have just heard was a dramatization. 
Any resemblance between characters in our story and persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is WUHN-FM in Peoria, Illinois, Radio 1. That will do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the Peoria Plague as much as I do. I've been wanting to add this to the War of the Worlds Week lineup for a few years now, and I'm really happy to finally present it in 2021. There's more War of the Worlds Week to come, even more past War of the Worlds Week episodes at neozaz.com and the Everything War of the Worlds feed on all major podcast providers. There's, of course, more Halloween. There's more Halloween content that I can even begin to list at newsaz.com. It's our favorite time of the year, and we do a ton of specials each and every year to celebrate. Again, you can find that all at newsaz.com and the Neozaz Celebrates Halloween feed, again, on all major podcast providers. I think that's it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow with another War of the Worlds Week episode. So until then, thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. 